0: Welcome to Hat-Trick City on WXCI ninety one point seven Danbury's only all hockey radio show.
1: I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey.
0: You want me to dummy you again? Hatricks, baby! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Attrick City. I'm your host, DJ Cake, as always, joined by DJ Uncle Matt here in the WXCI studios. And we're back for yet another episode this week, episode 40. Uh, Real quick, just wanted to apologize about last week with the off week. I I wasn't really feeling too well all week. I was pretty under the weather. My voice was kind of shot for most of, if not the entire week. So I kind of wanted to rest up a little bit to give you guys a good episode, because I know an episode where I'd be barely you know audible wouldn't be really fun to listen to so figured I'd take the week to just kind of get my voice back and it's back now so I'm going to kind of recap over the past two weekends I guess technically is what you would call it so we'll go through that um starting with obviously the the big one the, the two game set here in Danbury against Motor City um it was interesting for a few reasons uh the the biggest one we'll get to in a second um, that first night tough loss you know five to four believe in OT so obviously you know we still got the point but it's you know it's still a rough loss either way you split it um, but came back the next night with more of a vengeance I'd felt then um, we won that one five three in regulation so we came out with three points on the weekend um, but obviously the most you know big part of that that people take away from that weekend was um, the the Amesbury hit, as it might be called, um, and then him getting placed on an 18-game suspension. Um, you know, just I honestly, if if we're going to give opinions on the hit and how it was handled, I don't think it should have been that long of a suspension. I really don't think there should have been a suspension at all. Um, I want to hear your take on this, though, Matt.
2: I was actually... Um a little bit in an elevated position over in TK's corner when it happened. Uh, I did get a pretty clear view of it and I was able to kind of watch it on the phone um, of one of the players uh, fiance's and uh, another family member and again I don't think malicious intent was really there. It was a hit that ended up getting finished high yeah. More of a snuff than an actual like bash or or you know like a hard check. It didn't it didn't register to me um with the type of speed or uh kind of power that you would put into something that was uh, kind of delivered with bad intentions. But um that said, you know now we're kind of sped forward you know uh basically a couple of weeks you know uh, uh, not really but uh yeah basically 10 days from that or whatever but but um you know there was a similar incident now i believe that was in mississippi versus oh yeah uh, it was versus columbus it versus was, yeah. columbus a uh, similar incident where what was that guy's name nathan
0: um i think it was Leak. well i'll i'll check that yeah, just to double um, check but
2: incident there you know just uh very another very scary incident i didn't that was another one where the camera didn't seem to get the most perfect view of what happened but i can tell you that it also didn't seem to be happening with the speed that you generally uh associate something that had been bulk well uh, Nathan Balkwell, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we we send out our thoughts and our, uh, you know, spe- hope for a speedy recovery to him and his family, and I hope he's doing okay, as we do to uh, Danny Vanderweel, who played with Motor City. He guy, uh, definitely plays with a lot of grit. I uh, played with Binghamton their first season. We saw him all the time. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, hoping that both of those guys get out of the uh, kind of physical binds they've been in and, and return to the ice. But what, what I can tell you there is – This is a funny game, and funny things happen. Uh, We we totally saw that with the Adam Johnson incident. There's a lot of opinions about what happened there. I don't think we need to speak even on that. But if you just go online enough, you'll see many different viewpoints and, and different things like that. I've always... You know, I can't compare anything that these guys do to the the absolute bottom level of beer league hockey. Like, I play in it. I just, I'm the type of guy, I go on the side of caution. You know, I'm only a public employee, and I don't necessarily have five-star health care. So, it's like, uh, I'm a mouthpiece guy. Uh, I've had some problems with my feet over the years. Um, uh, I've had some, like, bone bruising and, and things like that things like that and uh you know i've I've started to wear blockers and stuff like that it's just just to be honest i'm i'm just not willing to risk it at this point any little thing um you see these guys playing full contact hockey it is a world away from any kind of beer league crap so you're just you're once you see an injury like that you realize that it's a game that's so totally different, you know, at that level with that type of power behind guys. And um, like I said, neither of those hits, neither the one uh, in the Danbury game or the one in the Columbus game, neither of them looked like they were really aiming to hurt no. anybody. It just looked like it was a little extra uh, rough stuff in the first uh, thing, but nothing, nothing totally out of the ordinary, nothing. And then in the second one, it just looked like a very awkward drop to the ice. And uh, he looked like he also had a seizure, yep. uh, which was uh, Nathan uh, Balkwell. Balkwell. So, again, my, my take on it was that these are unfortunate incidents. It's really dangerous to play the sport. Um, uh, but we also saw, uh, you know, I think Brandon, uh, what's his name, Yates from Binghamton did something. Yeah. That he probably should have gotten suspended 10 games for, or something like that, something pretty gutless move uh, by that guy. But, you know, it's all over the Internet now, and uh, people are going to say what they want about it. What what was your take, Pat?
0: Um, Honestly, I, I agree with the points you just made there. You know, I really looking back at the tape, I didn't really see any type of malicious intent again. Um kind of remind me of um a few years ago when I started working in Danbury I worked one of the null games um they I played was against there. Maryland yeah, that one you know the one i'm talking about mm-hmm. um you know the the hit was gonna be made there, and you know it was just the person that was going to be hit kind of peeled away weird uh, at least on the the null one he you know peeled away, and you know that that hitter just went right into you know the wall, but uh with this it was more. I think he tried to move away from it like last second, and it didn't didn't kind of work well in his favor. As opposed to just taking the hit anyway, because if he took the hit, he probably would have just you know been down for a second, you know, just like a little bit of the wind knocked out. But um, if anything, I I would say it's it's more or less that. But I don't know if I agree with eighteen games.
2: For yeah, that. ridiculous. I mean, there there just seem to be you know they they've had the eye out for Amesbury. That you know I've again it just doesn't it just doesn't seem in line with with the intent there I don't think we need to talk about this this was already a couple weeks ago but listen it doesn't seem in line with the guy's intent that that guy has beat the crap out of so many guys in this league he has done things that may have eh, you know I don't know if he ever really crossed the line but maybe he's toted the line a few times at the end of the day that was probably one of the softest kind of hits he does I'll be honest with you it just didn't it 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 wasn't an extra. It wasn't a moment where he was acting in in any with any extra aggression. It was just no. a run of the mill hit. Maybe he should have got four six games, uh, just just because of the consequences there and the and the aesthetics no, for the no. league. Yeah. Say hey, you know, listen, that type of stuff happens. You know, you look like you hit the guy a little high at the end there. We got to suspend you. Eighteen games is ridiculous. You're taking one of the most, absolutely one of the most marketable guys out of the league. Um, you know, in, in favor of what, you know, I, it was a bit, ba- it was a bad, bad hit. Very, very bad incident. I was with Daniel Amesbury immediately after it happened. And, uh, you know, again, this, this guy's one of the most human guys I know. He was visibly upset. Uh, d- didn't want any, uh, any ill will for Danny Vanderwiel. Yeah. At, at the end of the day. I don't think that that's taken into account. I think that they just had it out for him and they're making another example of him. And again, you know when when Daniel Amesbury plays games in the Federal Prospects Hockey League, the Federal Prospects Hockey League videos go around the internet. They go around Instagram. That pe- people are curious about the league. When he's not in the league, they're just not as curious about it. And that's you know anybody who's been in this league, I, I invite them to come on the show and debate that. Uh, if you've been in this league as long as I have, you can come you can come here and debate me on that. When when he plays, mm. a. Every every fan in this league is interested in seeing what's going on in Danburg. Let's move on to the next thing.
0: Yeah, so um, the following weekend, only had one game on the weekend in total. It was a home game against the Watertown Wolves. Um, quite a game, um, I have to say. I mean, it went out into a shootout, and, you know, we were just able to make the first two shots, and Watertown missed both. So it was, you know, it was just the perfect game, perfect way to end it. Um right there in that shootout but um like you'll hear with our guest uh, Connor McCollum I mean that guy was on his head that whole game it felt I mean just the, the back and forthness of it and how it ended up in that shootout was it was wild I mean it was this was definitely like he mentioned kind of more of a game for the fans if you will just having that kind of tenseness at the end of you know what's going to happen and how it could go in a shootout but I mean the boys pulled it through you know Cunningham got pretty much the game winner on that shootout then harwell sent it home and we got that w and that's that's really all that matters out of out of that weekend at least but again a terrific game for the fans and to watch so you know hopefully hopefully we won't see too many of those you know going forward because it it does feel like it's been a lot of those lately which haven't gone in our favor so but either way every once in a while is fine i think you know just, just sprinkle it in just a little bit every now and then um but you know speaking of New York. The boys will be going on the road this weekend, be playing two different teams in New York. They'll be playing the Binghamton Black Bears, I believe. I think it's on Friday, yeah, Friday the 15th. And then they'll be playing the Elmira River Sharks on Saturday the 16th. So again, you know, Matt's always mentioned this with travel, though those games are always rough, especially a two-game set like that with those two places. I mean, given at least they're 30 minutes, you know, apart, so it won't be too bad the next day, but I feel that first game is... It's gonna be a little bit, cause three and a half hour ride, you know.
2: Well, we're seeing a lot of things at play right now. Again, this imbalanced schedule has has uh, the hatricks uh, on the road in two different places, or at home against two different teams sometimes, mm-hmm. and um, it has gotten a little bit tricky. But I guess again, if you're looking at the Empire Division right now, um, you know, obviously Binghamton's in first place, running running pretty pretty strong with 38 points and Motor City is right behind them, uh, ha- have... Mo- somebody said that Motor City hadn't lost in regulation until we beat them. Is that true? Yes. And that was but true. But now they have four losses total? Yeah. Looking three, at the standard? Three overtime losses, yes. Yeah. So, yeah... Um, it's an interesting thing now, I guess. If if you weren't really paying attention, and I'll admit, maybe I wasn't early on in the season, but if you were paying attention to the divisional divide here, if you will, uh, Motor City is now a player in this division. Yeah, you know, they're you know, it's it's we're not you know we're not dealing you know if you had Whiteville. Uh, if they're the Blue Ridge Bobcats or White Tha- I don't know what they are yeah, they I just
0: call them Blue Ridge it's, So they're it's are, easier.
2: they're they're playing about identical to Elmira who they're they're two and uh 10 with uh two in overtime Yeah okay so yeah so I like, I guess 2OT wins Yeah and then and then uh Elmira's 2 and 9 with no OT win oh, they got one OT win Mm-hmm. I don't know. This this thing is a, this thing's a little
0: weird. Yeah, it's set up weird right on the site. So
2: at the end of the day, if the Blue Ridge Robcats were in our division again, we'd have two teams that are tied with two wins. Yeah, look like basically. Well, actually, uh, Blue Ridge has a couple more points uh, than Elmira does. So again, it, it changes things. It makes it way more competitive. Um, it's it's actually crazy to look. At the continental division of this league, you have Carolina. Uh, well, you have Columbus in first, Carolina in second, Port Huron, Michigan in third. Yeah, and then Mississippi, a team in Virginia, and the Baton Rouge uh, Zydeco in in Louisiana. Um, there was some talk on Facebook this week about people talking about how crazy it is that they're that the FPHL is thinking about Texas. No, it's not.
0: No, not crazy at all. It's crazy at all. No, it's
2: it's because Beaumont, Texas, is right there in line with Baton Rouge and Biloxi, Mississippi. So it's they're right on the highway there. Yeah, you know. So at at the end of the day, yeah, it makes sense to me. If you're in if you're in Louisiana, yeah, you could be in Texas. Um, You know. Again, we talk about it all the time on the show. It's it's uh, eventually um, there needs to be more teams closer to Danbury and. you know it's it's interesting that we have a di- technically a divisional rival in in michigan right yeah. now and mm-hmm. uh, you know and 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 then three upstate new york teams so uh just going to be very interesting coming up this weekend again you, you're going into a hot going into play a hot Binghamton team and then again a cold elmira team so uh It'd be great to steal that Friday night win on the road, make an impression right now, especially around the holidays. It's good to get the the energy and the morale up of the fans. So I'm, I'm really wishing uh, for the best. And then, yeah, um just want to take a quick second to pay my respects and on behalf of Hatrick City um, to a, a referee from New York City, uh, a guy that refereed a bunch of my beer league games uh, he had. He had a lot of stories. Um, You know, it it would be hard for me to tell you with accuracy uh, the details of his life, but I I can't tell you his name was Jack Vanasco, and he was a legendary ref in Brooklyn. I wouldn't be surprised if he refed a game in the Fed back in the early days, just being that he was around Aviator so often. He was a really tough customer, uh, a a great ref, a nice guy. I posted some pictures of him on my Taking Back Hockey uh, account. Um Jack had played some local junior uh it was confirmed at least by uh at least one other source I know that Jack um, had played some local junior hockey around New York and um, eventually played at Wagner College on Staten Island and I actually I'm pretty um with some accuracy I can say there was some mention of him in the hockey news back in the 70s playing college hockey at Wagner which is kind of interesting uh small college in Staten Island um I think you know mostly known for basketball I think they had football for years I think they may still have it um but ultimately uh Jack Vanasco great ref uh just an absolute character of New York City hockey uh he would have been great in section 102 or uh you know in the animal house with, with with all those great fans so um at the end of the day I just wanna say rest in peace, Jack Vanasco, you're a great ref. And uh I, there was some talk that he actually played in some like kind of early preseason exhibition games or like some rookie camp games for the Rangers uh back in the seventies and uh, you know, so he, he definitely had a big life in hockey. I know he refereed a bunch of games. Uh so rest in peace, Jack.
0: Rest in peace, uh to Jack Vanasco and you know, um, even just you know, just to mention him, um kind of want to let's dedicate the episode to him why not um
2: dedicate this episode to jack vanasco from brooklyn a fantastic ref a great guy uh this guy uh you know one thing in danbury i think is it's a really beautiful thing is that everybody that's involved with hockey respects other people in hockey and this is somebody that i know he wasn't a part of danbury hockey but i know that everybody around there would have respected this guy he went to work Late into the night, refereeing games, and he was uh he was an old school hockey guy. He used to borrow uh, my spare stick and go stick handling while we were warming up and stuff. He just loved the game. So, uh, this episode is dedicated to Jack Vanasco. Thanks, Pat.
0: Of course, and without further ado, here's our interview with Connor McCullough.
1: This is Daniel Amesbury, your Ice Wars champion and Danbury Hatrick's tough guy. You're listening to Hatrick City Radio on ninety-one point seven WXCI Danbury.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of Patrick City. I'm your host DJ Paddy Cake, as always, joined by DJ Uncle Matt. And today in the studio, we got a new member of the Hatricks, the one who's always behind the pipes. It seems, Connor McCollum. Connor, how are we doing today? Uh, good. Thank you for having me. Of he, course. He's between the pipes. He's yeah, between, 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 works behind. In
2: between those pipes. Connor, it's good to have you here today. It's um. You know, we're a couple of days now before a uh, a weekend of two road games, one in, I guess we're in
0: Binghamton and
2: Elmira, and and, uh, you're here with us today. Hey, you know, you're probably the first guy we've had, I think in a while, to kind of come straight from Canadian college hockey. We don't typically have... I think Nosy was playing a little Canadian college hockey before he came here, uh, really briefly, but... um, What's the transition uh, been like here, you know, to, to the Fed from kind of, uh, or, you know, C- Canadian college hockey is pretty competitive. It often involves a lot of guys who played high juniors and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it's I, I mean, it's very different. I think I was saying this in another different interview that, like, the biggest difference now is that it's, again, it's pro hockey. It's a business. Like, you have guys that you've made friends with. At Acadia, you make friends with five, four years, and you grow like into brotherhood and stuff like that. You make that similar kind of friendship, and they might not be there the next week or anything like that. Like it's a it's a very business like situation. The hockey is just as good, a um, lot more physical, a lot more chippier in the Fed for sure. Um, yeah,
2: one of the things about uh, Canadian college sports that I don't think I don't think most Americans know. Um, I actually found out at an early age because a guy from my neighborhood's brother was very involved in basketball in Canada. But um Canadian athletes can go back to school after they've turned pro. Um, unlike unlike many unlike every sport in the United States where you you're you're, you're a professional uh your 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 amateur eligibility is compromised once you play in any type of professional camp or game like that you're no longer considered an amateur i think you can do in the nba i think you can do pre-draft workouts and stuff like that now and and i think you can stay in the draft the whole way and not um not get picked i think the, the rules used to be very strict in that regard but uh, it's, you, you had that opportunity. So you probably had some older teammates who might have played pro hockey, right?
1: Not teammates, but my last year when I was playing at Acadia, we had a guy in UPI who was, like, in his 30s. And, like, wow. they were hosting the Nationals, so he came back and stuff like that. And, like, he's a bigger boy, too. And he tried to bully people around and stuff. So it's very interesting. But
2: I think it was uh, – I don't know if you get you younger guys know the story of Mike Danton who played in the NHL and he – there was like some situation between him and his agent and his family, and there was ultimately he, he ended up doing some jail time. I think he was going to assassinate. The plan was to either kill his agent or kill his dad. It's a,
1: yeah,
2: it's a, um, what's that, what's, what's that big Canadian documentary series that's on TV at Fifth Estate? There's a big Fifth Estate documentary about it where you see, uh, kind of the story there. But he was able to go to St. Mary's, I think that's in Halifax. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. While I th- I'm, I don't want to say that that's where he went, Pat, you might want to check that. Mike Danton.
1: I think he coached the Valley when I was in So Shore, actually. Really? So we were giving him a couple chirps and we had to watch out what we were saying, that's for sure. Well, let's say
2: Mike Danton, yeah. NHL guy. Um,
1: yeah, I think he threatened his agent or something like that. I don't want to make
2: threatened, up this. Yeah, He threatened. Yeah, he he was trying to put a hit on yeah, his agent or his or his his family, uh, somebody in his family. And uh ultimately, uh I think yeah, so he played, let's see how many games. He only played less than 100 NHL games, but he played, you know, overseas after that and 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 then he returned let's take a look yeah saint mary's so that's in halifax yeah Yeah,
1: i I don't know what i can say on this thing but saint mary's has done some of that stuff like last year they had one of their goalies that came in he's my age Wow. he's a first year wow and he did some stuff he got charged when he was in the ahl or something (laughs) and he, he came down and He's in St. Mary's now, so that's
2: interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's interesting in the flexibility because some of the stuff here in the states, I think I was talking about this. I don't know if I mentioned it last. Time. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the student by name because everybody's academic mm-hmm. stuff is. But we had a great athlete here, who uh, was nationally recognized, and just kind of a sad situation when he's got he's got school he could finish. And there's no eligibility for him. So he's run out of his eligibility, but he still could have a whole other year. I don't think you should have six years, but I think the average student does get done in five, and I think you should have five years of eligibility. It would keep students in the classroom. It would, it would keep people enrolled. It would help the colleges, and it would also help the students who want to play and finish their degree. But, you know, if you get that professional opportunity in any sport, um, I don't know. You know, if you have to pay for school, you, you figure, hey, I, I could do it whenever. You know, may- maybe. What did you study when you were in school?
1: Uh My first, uh I got two degrees, actually. So my first degree was sociology, and then that was for four years. And then I took a 16-month program with the captain at Acadia for education. So I graduated with an education degree. So, wow. Yeah.
2: So we're looking at your elite prospects here just a little bit, and it looks like after you began attending college you didn't really get on the ice for a few seasons. No. So what what how does that work for a guy like you and how does a guy like you who wants to continue how do you get reps? Like what do you play beer league? What do you do? <laughs> no, it was
1: it, it was tough for the first few years for sure when I wasn't playing and stuff, but I knew what I was signing up for. I had a lot of D three offers to be number one and stuff, but like for money wise for opportunity wise and for school uh, like Acadia was my go-to and I like, loved it people r- related it to like it's the BU of Canadian college like universities and stuff like that for hockey and my mindset was okay uh I'm going in with one guy who's a year older if it takes me three years to prove that I can play on this team it's going to take me three years and then finally I got my opportunity and I didn't want to shy away from it and yeah. So all those years you really didn't see any action. No, but the teammates were so good in that locker room and they really believed that I could be able to play and jump in whenever I had that. So when I did get that opportunity to had that support from my teammates and stuff, like I knew I wasn't going to fail. Did you get
2: cool. to play in any like exhibition games or scrimmage games or
1: scrimmages? Yes. Exhibition, no. It was yeah, I was just waiting for my opportunity. <clears throat> it was kind of tough, but did At the you, end of the day, everything works out. Right? I don't
2: even know if that's a real thing. Like, are there preseason sc- exhibition scrimmages? That- so
1: like, Yeah, we have, like, captain skates and stuff like that, and, like, we would broadcast those, and wow. we play against each other. And, like, we do play exhibition games against other schools and stuff like that. So.
2: Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. And so once you get in that opportunity, what's your league like out there? Who are the other schools in that? What does the AUS stand for?
1: Uh, Atlantic University Sports. S- System. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, the teams, uh the big ones are UNB where like
2: Is the, University of Ottawa in that?
1: Uh, that would be Ontario. So like, uh-huh. there's it's kinda like the OHL Q and W. It's HL. kinda
2: regionalized. So
1: it is, and then we have like one big like Memorial Cup we call it like it's okay. just, like nationals basically. So like in my side, U- University of New Brunswick's kinda like always the big one. They're always number one in Canada. Usually like every player would end up in like the East Coast or like the AHL and stuff and then uh the other big popular one would be santa Fex, and that's okay our, that's our big rivals Yeah, the
2: saint, saint francis xavier right
1: so yeah so like our school and santa Fex were like like if you think of santa Fex you think of acadia kind of thing but like nobody really like outside of uh, nova scotia you wouldn't really hear about acadia you think of santa Fex, but
2: when the coach comes to your house to recruit you or or comes to your games however it works they zoom with you today i don't even know how the hell it works <laughs> But I mean, when you when you make that contact with a coach, and the coach says to you, "Hey, I, I really want you at Acadia Connor, but here's the thing: I don't see you. I don't see you seeing." Does he tell you flat out, "I see you competing"? or I don't see you seeing the ice for three years.
1: That's what it was. It was you're you're probably gonna be a practice guy, and uh, like, they didn't even think I would be in kind of thing. But like, I knew in myself, I believed that I could play with these guys, and that was my sole belief, and. Again, I say everything happens for a reason, and it did so. And mm-hmm. I got that opportunity to play, and I really jumped on it. So,
2: Why don't you tell us, why don't you tell us how you got here, to Danbury? Uh,
1: so after uh, Acadia, I had a few guys that were in Huntsville uh, for the Havoc. And that was one of the teams that were interested in me afterwards. And I got to go down there, and actually I was com- competing with Brian Wilson, who was – uh, in Danbury last year and stuff like that and uh, it was a great couple weeks and then they had one guy coming down from the coast that they liked and then I it's a business obviously and you know I didn't make the cut I'm, I'm good buddies with Brian too so like I would grow up with him and everything so I'm like really happy for him so he ended up being in Huntsville but there was a spot open in Danbury uh, probably two minutes after I got released I was walking out of like the room for Huntsville and uh billy's already calling me saying that like they need a goal that's stuff awesome like that. so, that's that's a
2: good sign yeah Thanks.
1: and then and then right after that i texted brian and i was like okay so what do you like what do you think of dan bearing and like, he spoke so highly of it that i was i couldn't say no right <laughs> right so, right yeah, yeah and i i loved it ever since He's, yeah yeah so
2: what's your what's your hometown like
1: uh, Pickering It's uh, 40 minutes Outside of Toronto I usually Stay In the summers And everything In Halifax I have a girlfriend Out there And stuff now So every time I go down To Pickering Everything's like Being renovated Bigger buildings Starting to look More like Toronto Like more people It's it's a lot different But yeah It's it's pretty cool
2: What's You know Obviously uh, For the two of us Dopes here we, We've never really Been north of Boston So it's like What's the What's the Um What's Halifax like in comparison to the to the image that we see of it in the goon movies?
1: Oh Hal- <laughs> Halifax. Yeah, <there> <laughs> I think relating Halifax to like a, uh, a place in the states, we always relate it to Maine. I like everyone that goes down to Maine they're like it's just like a, another Halifax, but it's you got a big downtown city that's always that's on the ocean and that's all you can ask for it's it's really fun. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah.
2: it it, um, it looked kind of sketchy in the goom movie. Right? <laughs> it does seem. Yeah, <laughs> it seems yeah, like it like seem like the South Bronx of Canada or oh, something it's like beautiful. that. Yeah. You know, so tell us, did you um, when you were growing up uh, out there, were you, were you strictly a goalie the whole time? Did you play a, a oh, out on yeah. the ice or no?
1: I think I was like three years old and I tried skating and like being player, and I wasn't bad, but like I was definitely a better goalie. And the other thing was, is that I was the only one on the team that actually liked being a goalie. (laughs) Because when you were taking turns and all that stuff, I was just like, "Yeah, I'll do it." Oh yeah,
2: I remember taking turns. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: So I was the only one that was really like happy to do it, and I was probably the best goalie on the team. So they were just like, "You know what? You you stay in." Exactly. Yeah.
2: I was like 110 pounds. (laughs) We're playing roller hockey. These dudes are just too. We had, like, a roller hockey team one year where, like, the age group was, like, three years.
0: Oh so it was just,
2: like, these dudes that are, like, 15 when I'm, like, a 100-pound 13-year-old just firing the puck as hard as they can, you know what I mean, at me and stuff like that. I, I lasted about, I want to say about 30 seconds in practice playing goalie. Yeah, not for me. No. Oh, my goodness.
1: I was kind of the opposite. Yeah, yeah, huh?
2: Yeah. So, so... Take us through uh, just like your even just I, I know you, you got here from being down south. Mm. But I mean, what was that process like you in the spring of your college? Were you done with your degree by the time you were the season was wrapping up? Were you done with school and were you so communicating I was, with teams?
1: Yeah, I was in my six month program. So it started in May and it actually ended at like beginning of August. So I was still in school when all that process was going on. I'd be like walking out of class because coaches are calling and stuff like that. Um, so
2: basically it was extra six months after the se- after yeah. school ended yeah okay. so it's
1: like there's no breaks or anything like that full 16 because you can choose between 16 or two year. yeah you have yeah. like a summer off kind of thing. but yeah it was and then right after school and I graduated, I was basically packing to go down to the town south yeah in pro hockey. That's amazing. yeah yeah
2: well, did you have brothers and sisters or your father no, play hockey? No, You're...
1: my dad did a little bit um, played football a little bit. But like he was, he's a big-time Ottawa Senators fan. So like I, like I was very like into hockey like at a very young age and stuff like that. And we'd be watching games all the time. Is that
2: how you go for it? you go for the Senators? Yeah. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> they they were born and raised in Ottawa. My parents, uh, they moved down to Toronto for jobs and stuff. And I just had that one rule of you can cheer for anybody, but you can't cheer for the Leafs. So wow. So I was kind of raised to be the Sens fan.
2: Wow. So yeah. you had some good goalies there through the years, yeah. like here and there. Um, tell me a little bit about. Uh, just You know, something that I'm curious about is, uh, you know, we love our hockey right here in Danbury, in Connecticut, and it's great to have uh, the tricks goalie, Connor Connor McCollum, on the, on the show today. But, you know, in Canada, is it really as hockey crazy as people think? Like, does everybody play? Like, even your neighbors that didn't play competitively, did they go skate around sometimes? And- oh,
1: yeah, especially when I was younger, too, and it's kind of sad to see – not so much, but, like, when I was younger and you are going around every street, like, playing road hockey, and, like, even when it's, the, like, the hottest summer, like, you're outside, you're playing hockey, like, there's, I don't know, like, everyone loves it. Even if you don't play it, you still, like, know a little bit about it.
2: You said that you knew uh, Brian Wilson a little bit before this, I guess, and, and but... How many guys maybe that you grew up with or competed with in either uh, college or, I guess, the pre-junior years and stuff like that are in the Fed now? Do you know a lot of guys around the league just from your home area?
1: Uh, Not so much the Fed, but, like, uh, definitely, like, in the SP out there, uh, East Coast, I got a lot of buddies, and that kind of, like, those two leagues. So I see, like, and I follow a lot of them, and they're doing well up there and stuff. Uh, The Fed, no. But I'm kind of making new friends definitely when you're playing 17 games against uh, bingo and stuff like that <laughs> and you're cheering each other so that's yeah. awesome
2: you know what I wanted to ask you is is um, you know we hear a lot something that came up I, I don't know where on one of the chats or one of the Facebook um, kind of groups was somebody was talking about the different ice around the league I, I forget where, they, where it was but um, you know I, I, this might be like a, such a stupid question or a question that nobody's ever asked you before how much of the ice surface itself the playing surface impacts the goalie ever um does it does it does it does does a choppy ice does that impact the way you have to react does 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 uh you know does a does a really good sheet of ice does that benefit the skaters i i i never thought about this cuz it it seems that a goalie you know you're, you're only utilizing so much of it, but I wonder if it ever crosses your mind or if it ever plays into you. I
1: don't think that so much. Like when players and after warm, oh that ice is terrible. I don't really notice that stuff. Right. So like <laughs> I honestly feel like that kind of credits the goalie a little bit. Yeah. But I don't – yeah, so like if there's like Olympic ice or like bigger ice surfaces compared to smaller, that might change like the positioning of a goalie or anything like that. That's the only time that like that would really affect it or anything. Mm-hmm. But – yeah, as for that, I don't I wouldn't say anything about that. Yeah. Have
2: you ever like checked into a goal crease and just been mortified by what you've seen there in terms of the ice conditions?
1: I uh, actually when we played Watertown, uh, <laughs> oh, <cool. laughs> Yeah, no, it was, it wasn't anything about like that stuff, but like it was going into the second period and I guess Billy watched the replay later and he told me what happened, but there was a player that like did like a C cut huge like in my crease in the second period. And there was, like, a 10-minute delay because I just called the ref over and I'm just, like, I can't play like this. Like, there's, like, a Riviera in there, like, just, like, a <laughs> huge, like, valley, right? Jesus. So then they had to, like, fix the ice and stuff. But it was really, like, one of the Watertown players that, like, sea it around this, the crease, which is crazy. <laughs> that would affect me, but. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, and then, you know, I kind of wanted to ask, you know, we're, we're still somewhat early into the season, a few months in now. Um, what's it been like for you? How have the fans kind of been, you know, to your – your, your new start here. Oh, sort of. it was.
1: I think the biggest thing where I'm like, "Yep, this is this is a great spot." Was when we when I played that first game against Bango and they scored, we scored that first goal, and like hearing the fans erupt, I was not expecting that. Like the the loudness <laughs> and like the chants and everything like that. I'm like, "This is this is a great place. This is a cool place to play." So I yeah, the fans have been great. They even go up to me afterwards and they're like, "Yeah, we kind of talked to you and like." Like in between, like uh, uh, the the commercial breaks and stuff like that, is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, go for it and stuff. And like, they're yeah, they just make you feel very welcoming. And so, you
2: know, we we often ask the the Canadian guys that come on the show if you know we're stupid. We don't even know. Like I said, the, the Canadian culture is pretty foreign to us. But it's like, do you um do you go to like did you go to senior hockey growing up? Like, did you see any of that kind of thing around you? And you know what. Do you compare Danbury's crowds to, like, anything you see in Canada? Uh, even in the juniors?
1: Yeah, I would compare it. I don't know. Like, like I I feel like if we had a bigger rank and, like, bigger stands and stuff like that, it would be crazy. But, like, when you see it, you, you kind of think of junior. But, like, when you hear the fans, it's definitely not junior. And it's definitely not anything I've experienced before. Right. Wow. So it's pretty cool. But, yeah. At
2: a school like Acadia, how many students came to the hockey games? We
1: would get a – like, it depended on the day. So, like, sometimes we'd have, like, a Wednesday home game and, like, students are, like, studying or they don't want to go out or anything like that. But, like, we could get, like, 2,000 average kind of thing. Like, it's a very nice rank and stuff. So That's pretty cool, right? 2,000. Yeah, that's what I kind of said. It was kind of like a B because, like, not a lot of schools had that, especially in our league too. Like, we we really lucked out of that school.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What – um, You know Since you've been In the league And you, you guys Have had some up, Ups and downs So far this season What's been You know um Something that's been Comforting to you You know
1: Um I feel like Like this team Is very It's very close I find And just like even from day one, I feel like I could go up to a lot of these guys and, like, talk about something or, like, figure something out. And, like, we're very close in that sense. So it's very comforting to know that, like, you can lean on somebody, right? And, like, even if, like, something happened or anything like that, you, I could go to, like, one of the guys and, like, talk to them and, like, talk it out. So, yeah. I don't. I,
2: I kind of just think that uh, that might be the biggest strength here in Danbury is that uh, I think that oftentimes especially the last you know I haven't gotten to meet all the new guys this season yet and as we continue to do the show we hope we can get more and more of you to come in but you know I think last season was a tremendously tight group that was tight knit with uh, and and the result honestly showed and I think if we continue to harness that type of environment we're going to have good players I don't know if the world knows this yet but Johnny McDonald has allegedly been called up somewhere Uh, do you know where it is?
0: No, I didn't get to see anything on the transaction or anything like that. I only just got the word from him. So
2: yeah, so he won't be with us uh, at least for the immediate future, and and for his for his sake, I hope I hope we don't see him again for the rest of the season. I hope he I hope he stays up there. Yeah, too. here. Yeah. I hope I don't see him again. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I, being like you said, being out of college and you have that four year commitment from guys, and usually, you know, even some of the guys if they don't pan out as good, they usually they usually stick to that commitment. Um, you know, how is it for a goalie when the, the the defensive pairs change often and stuff like that? Did you have that in college where, you know, there'd be rotating cast kind of guys in front of you? Are you a goalie that talks to the D men or?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that's actually one of my strengths. Where, like, a lot of goalies they talk, but like I don't shut up basically. Right, right. So like I like whether it's like down in their end, down in our end, I'm always saying like do a play just even if they don't even do it it's just an option in their head kind of thing where they look up and they're like oh D D," or like Mm -hmm. oh i gotta rim it or something like that right so like i yeah i don't really shut up and i think communication is like huge for any team for any play and stuff and as for like rotating d that's kind of like what happens? We don't really have it at Acadia because that's you're locked in with those guys. But like here, we we do still have that core group of guys that we have. And like you know, J Mac is out, but I think Yao's back in, and like he's a huge addition. X came back, right? And like like we're we're on a good page so far. So,
2: um you know, a lot of goalies. We we've had some great um we've had some great goalies pass through Danbury, obviously. Uh, Brian wilson and uh, mike brown back in the day and uh obviously um
0: dylan kelly dylan kelly
2: we just interviewed um you know uh but like uh, another guy like nick nieder um you know for example nick was a really long shot in his career he got cut in high school i think he got cut from the like the jv team in high school i think twice wow. and ended up like playing as a junior and then going to juniors as a senior or something like that i'm not 100 percent sure but how how often in those you know you, you played junior hockey it looks like you played a substantial amount good enough amount but then you go on this three-year run where you're going to school probably you're, you're probably seeing teammates and uh, guys within your division or whatever, probably seeing guys drop out and get jobs, low-end jobs in Europe and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. How much of that played into your mind? Were you ever the type of guy that was just kind of like, ah, you know, like, I I could probably just be finishing school actually playing a lot on a senior team or going down to the fed and getting that opportunity was there ever a chance was there was ever a time where you were just like hey i might as well go check this out
1: i think like one of the, like the first couple of days when i was at acadia and i'm like tying up the skates and i'm looking at like bags like from each player that are just arriving and like they've been to nhl camps so, like i saw like ottawa senator's bags like vancouver and then i'm just tied up my list i'm like what the hell am i doing here kind of thing right and uh i i I don't. I at first I was like I, I'm happy to be here, but I don't think I belong. But then like those first couple practices, I put my head down. I'm stopping those pucks and stuff like that, and I earned the trust of like a lot of the guys already that they were just like, no, you can play here. Just be patient with it. And then it's so obviously it was tough, um, for three years not playing, but like at my last year when I got the MVP of Acadia like Hockey, the coach had nothing. But great things to say to me. He was just like, I don't know where this guy came from wow. and stuff like that. And like, you know, like it's it's been a roller coaster. At Good Acadia, feeling. But I'm yeah, I'm so happy that I did it, and but I was patient with it.
2: I think that's an important message, and I think I think we see that a lot of guys. You know, um, you know, I I still think that we're in such a big transition period, especially here in America with college hockey. This is a time of tremendous change. There are D one schools popping up that were just. They were club teams last year. There, there are D3 schools opening up, and, and there are other, there, there's a lot more opportunity than there ever was. But I think it's really important, especially we, we've seen that in the Fed for years. We've seen guys who went to college for a year, just didn't get that chance to play at all, and they said, "What am I doing here?" My parents paid 25 grand for this. You know, And, and, and in some ways, I think that's kind of how it works. A little bit in Canada, but I think mostly in other foreign countries where the two aren't as so connected. It's like a guy last year, perfect example, Igor Borshev, who won the, the Commissioner's Cup with the Hatricks last year, he was going to Bentley online while he was playing for Bentley University in Boston, online while he was playing for the Hatricks. So with all the technology and everything, a guy doesn't necessarily have to get caught in that alphabet soup of NCAA 1-3 ACHE. The guy can go to school online and play in the Fed probably for a long time. Ryan Patch was one of those guys. I think he went to a college somewhere didn't work out, like didn't get in a game at all or just played one season and then he had a great career in Danbury here. So it's just it's just, just, but I just think that there's also perseverance. You know what I mean? Like you, think about it it probably would have been hard for a goalie to quit because you didn't even have any tape you no. couldn't even go show no. yourself playing a game. You yeah. know, um, it, it, it's a tough transition for sure, and it's a, so far, so far. I think uh, you know when we when we see that happen, we usually do get a good player out of it. I mean, even Luke Richards. You know, I, I don't think he got into a game at Stonehill hmm. um, before he came to the to the Hatricks a year. Like I don't think he got into a game, but it was, it was one of those COVID year things. But he kind of went to the Fed. He had a pretty good run. I don't think anybody's picked him up, huh? Luke Richards?
0: I don't believe so. No. I think he's still on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah, interesting.
2: Yeah. Um what what do you like to do off the ice, Connor? What do you how do you fill your time here in Danbury when you, you you're trying to separate from hockey a little?
1: Uh I love just as much as I can like if there was community work to be done like I love doing that like I just said uh I got an education degree so when we got uh the chance to go to the school today and like go to the school play road hockey with those kids um it was it was a great opportunity so like whenever I need a chance to like do a community work or anything like that I'm always jumping on that if not uh I'm roommates with uh Stoge, uh Sto- 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 and we're usually, like, watching watching movies, hanging out.
2: Was yeah. that at the Wilton Y you guys went to today? You go to the YMCA today? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, 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 awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was great. And uh, it, was g- it was a good group of kids, that's for sure. So it was pretty fun.
2: So it looks like I see, yeah, a few guys. It's sad. I Yeah, I mean, I, the picture's a little blurry. I can't see everybody who's there, but I see Zach. Yeah. Um, see you. Bedard. Yeah, uh, I see Bedard there.
1: Yeah. And then Cunningham too. And, yeah, it's crazy. And Stoge. Yeah. Yes, yes.
0: I have to ask you about Saturday's performance, man. I mean, that was a hell of a game to play, you know, that night. I mean, kinda tell us what it was like from your perspective going that through that whole game. Uh it's it's challenging a little bit now
1: because, like, we, we seem to be always running into the hot goalies now because that other goalie played really good, and then I come down, and, they, like, there's a 2-on-1 or a breakaway, and I'm like, okay, my turn kind of thing, right? So yeah. it's it's fun to play, and, like, obviously when you're home, it's even more fun, right? Uh, it's interesting. I was saying that, like, a lot of the games at home seem to be going to OT and shootouts and yeah. Tough for the standings, but it's great for the fans because of yeah. really cool games, right? But
2: we have some great Saturday night games, and yeah. just like you said, they're not always the type of game. But we want. Like a good five to two win, you know, yeah. on a on a Saturday night, we don't you don't really want to go to OT and lose a point. Yeah. But you know, I I think that's the way the the cookie crumbles. Is your is your family like in, within striking distance of Watertown to come to a game? Or uh,
1: they've been uh, to a few, they, and they're talking about it a lot. Um yeah it's kind of like it's like two hours from kingston like where i'm from and mm-hmm. then kingston is just like right across like kingston ontario is right yeah. there yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah okay so it's not too bad and they've already been talking and, like looking at the schedule against water towns and stuff like that and they'll be down yeah like in stoge my the my roommate too he he's had par- his parents come down too and like they've like they've been in communication so yeah it's pretty close so that's pretty nice
2: that's pretty cool yeah somebody's parents got their car towed a couple of weeks ago that was sad Oh, what? yeah I, i'm not sure who it was and, and i don't know if it was somebody on the other team but i'm pretty sure it was somebody on our team that, oh, that oh. they went right into that uh, lot where it says
0: don't park oh and yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's trouble that that lot over there good jeez <laughs> um <laughs> to kind of get off of that i <laughs> i wanted to ask um i know in the beginning obviously a lot of growing pains with the the roster kind of consistently changing but um, I kind of noticed the other night you guys are starting to gel more. Um, do you, do you kind of agree with that, or do you have your own take on that?
1: Yeah, and like I feel like we we kind of have a good feeling about like what our team is kind of like the the core like is starting to look like, and like it's nice that uh like we we are winning, we are kind of like 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 we're we, we we win a few games and stuff like that, and we're yeah. like doing some team bonding stuff, and like it's it's kind of nice that like we're slowly like figuring things out and. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. And then you know, this weekend it's it's gonna be a rough one. You know, with one at Binghamton, one at Elmira. Um, what is it like for you in terms of prep? I mean, that, that can't be easy just going from place to place like that overnight with you know hotels and all that. It's it's
1: hockey though. It's pro hockey, and uh, I honestly, like. Bingo has a great rank. They have a great fan. So, like, I know they're in first place, but it's one of, like, those places that I love to play anyway because, like, that's that's the team that you want to play. That's the building you want to play in kind of thing. So, like, it's kind of exciting for that stuff. And then Elmira, like, it's still a very nice rank, and I actually have a buddy there who uh, I was living with in Huntsville too, so it's going to be enjoying to, to see him and joke around with him. But he's the, he's the big boy on the team, so he's definitely going to be in my crease a little bit. That. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I always just have fun at these games.
2: Yeah, it's gotta be it's gotta be something. I, I've said it before, and and um, you know, uh, it is a, it is a great time up in Binghamton. They do have a fantastic rink. Um, I'm sure there's. I, you know, I can't get in trouble for saying I'm sure there's some to the table money being made in that giant rink where they, where the, where the buy one, get one beer is cash only. <laughs> um, but Hey, you know what I mean? Listen, I gotta be honest. I'm all for it. If that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh You know, uh let me ask you something when you're, when you're kind of on the ice now um, I know goalies have a lot of superstitions and not, maybe not even superstitions. Do you, you know, I, I hear everything. I even hear from defensemen, breathing exercises, and all this stuff. How much of that kind of non-traditional uh, technique goes into your game?
1: I I do have a certain routine kind of thing. I know like. It's definitely a superstition, but it feels more like a routine for it. Uh, and it doesn't really start until I actually get to the rink. Like I know a lot of goalies where like as soon as they wake up, they got to do this, 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 and like. But it's like when I get to the rink, I like to do a little like. Visualization on the like, like behind the ice, behind the net, and like see all that stuff. And then I go to like juggle, listen to some music, and like get the eyes going, get the hands going, and stuff, and then stretch. And then like it, it's superstition, but it's not really kind of thing. But yeah,
2: no, it's interesting to hear. Everybody has something, you know. Right. Um, uh, uh, Xavier Abdella, you know, he's got his golf ball that he dangles with yeah. in, the, in the hallways of the rink, and uh looks like zorro out there chasing after it um but uh yeah it really you know it's, it's interesting to see what the different goalies have of kind of different superstitions i know that um you know we had one goalie that when the fans would during the playoffs the fans wait and liberty rink while the players walk out and I know there was one goalie didn't like being touched, and there was yeah you know, there was there <laughs> oh were God. there were just a lot of different things, that 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 happened. So it's kind of interesting to always hear the different uh, kind of goalie things. You know, I mean, do you put like one skate on w- one side at a time, or
1: I feel like I do, but I don't even notice <laughs> to be honest. And I feel like if you ask any player, they they do the same thing, but they don't notice either.
2: Right? You guys ever see who? Well, there's one of Crosby, but there's also one of another guy. It's a Goalie. I can't think of who it is, but he does the same exact warm-up every... There's one of Crosby. Oh, Lundqvist. I think it was Lundqvist. I think it was Lundqvist. Yeah. And they did the identical the one. Yep. It's, and it's like from three different games, yeah. and, and they're playing the videos alongside it. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and And I feel like the guys have plenty of time to warm up here, so I'm sure some guys do do the same thing over and over. I'm sure Johnny Ruiz does uh some type of ritual he he
1: has a spot and like usually that like to stretch and that's usually kind of my spot where i was at acadia so (laughs) then he always just gives you the stare down i do a little little slide (laughs) to the left then he joins me kind of thing that's funny that's kind of a ritual now too so it's pretty cool but yeah
0: he's always had that and then um when the photographers are there, he'll always skate right there and just snow.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a classic. <laughs>
2: what before we let you go, you know, like what what do you do kind of in the off season? Like just for example, what did you do in preparation for going to the camps this summer? Like, do you work and train somewhere specific, or work at a hockey school?
1: Yeah, I, I work out. Um, I work out at uh, the Acadia Complex that we have. We have our own kind of gym right beside our dressing room. Um, we just got a new goalie coach like my year that i was playing and i think that was a huge help to get me to where i was and stuff like that he was a very like motivational very keep you confident kind of person so he seemed to find some ice and he's always texting me over the summer and we always skated and stuff so he was a large help for me to get to where i am right now basically so yeah
0: yeah then one last thing um anything you want to tell the fans going into this road game series
1: we're going to get these points, hopefully. And, yeah, we're we are going to miss you guys, too, as well. Like, I was telling you, I thought we were playing Saturday. I'm so disappointed. <sighs> I, I knew who we were playing, but I didn't know we were on the road for the Saturday game. And I'm really upset that I'm not going to see my fans this weekend. So. We haven't had a
2: goalie in, and definitely not a guy who's been doing the majority of the work. We haven't had a goalie in since that schedule kind of shift over where we're not really averaging even one home game a weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we're, we we had one home game last weekend. Yes. None this weekend.
0: No. And then we'll have two next week. And then we'll have
2: t- so we had two against Motor. We had two uh, two against Detroit, and then and and then the end of the season. Who we playing? End of the end of the month. Who we playing?
0: Oh, we're playing, uh, we're playing uh, Port Huron next week. So.
1: I think if you look at the bigger schedule too, I think we have a whole bunch of home games in January. Yeah, I believe. I believe yeah, so. yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure. I have that marked in my calendar. Yeah. So. <laughs>
2: No, it's, it's, it's really brutal. I mean, just for the goalie, I know we touched on it a little bit before, but how does it work in Canadian college hockey? you play the same bonus two nights on the weekend?
1: Yeah, so it's kind of like a similar schedule where you have, like, maybe a random Wednesday, but, like, it's really it's not a very good thing to see when you're a student athlete and you're yeah. at a play on a Wednesday go to five hours away to PEI or something like that. But it's usually, like, we had, like, a – Away game Friday, home game Saturday, or something like that. Never a game on Sunday. It's usually those Friday, Saturday games.
2: When you go to Prince Edward Island, right, that's a bus trip?
1: Yeah, they're all bus trips. Well, so I think the farthest one would be that, like five hours. Five away. hours,
2: not yeah. Not too yeah. Bad. yeah. And you stay the night and everything, I guess.
1: I uh, know. We, we come back. So we get back at like uh-huh. two.
2: And then okay. you drive back so the next day?
1: That's what I'm saying. It would be It's a yeah. terrible when you do that for a Wednesday, and then you have like an 8.30 class oh or goodness. something like that.
2: So wait, yeah. so you would play on a Friday in Prince Edward Island, come home, and then go back?
1: No, we would probably have a home game or something like that. Oh, so I we'd see. have like a sleep-in, touch the door at 11 or something like that, and have a quick nap again, and then be ready for the next game. Wow. But, yeah.
2: So you never spend the night?
1: Not really, not normally, no. Mm-hmm. And we would spend a night if like it was a two back to backer, like if we were like in against Moncton and then we go to UNB. I'm sure you thing. spent the night when so you played
2: we, BU, right?
1: Yeah, so we would stay those nights, kind of thing, and then yeah.
2: similar to the juniors here, at least the NA three juniors don't don't ever stay.
0: No, they, they drive back. Yeah,
2: they, that's r- wild. It's a rip, man. I don't know how they do it. Um, it's really it. It sounds crazy, but like I'm we're going to a uh, Danielle and I are going to a concert On Saturday night in New Haven Some dudes from Long Island that I know And like I'm kind of on the fence If we're going to get a little hotel room up there What's the point of driving back Like I'm going to spend yeah. so much time mm-hmm. You know you're not going to be able to have a few drinks Or anything like that You know what I mean It's it's not like it's so far It's it's less than an hour away But I mean It's enough of a pain You know exactly, what I mean no, like,
0: it's, it's not a little inconvenience type deal We
2: stayed at that crazy hotel That uh, it's the It's the First zero emissions hotel in the
0: world. Was this the one after Three Eleven that I? Yes. Okay. What the hell was the name of that place? I forgot, but I I know that area. That was a nice. That that was was a nice
2: place, man. They had the the. um, I mean, like nothing compared to the uh, the the Ramada in Elmira, New York. (laughs) But but yeah, yeah, you guys don't even make that overnight anymore. You guys are gonna stay in yeah, but you guys are gonna stay in Bingo. I will tell you one thing, those Saturday nights in bingo are gonna be a lot more fun than the Friday night games. I'll tell you that mm-hmm. much. If if you guys win, you get to go out up there. Oh yeah. Um but uh what what was the name it was of it? The that? Hotel Marcel. Hotel Marcel, <laughs> yeah. And it was and it was like the electric controlled like window shades and stuff. It would go, and there's a beautiful sight lines, you know what I mean? So it was just just kind of funny. Like it's it's when I hear that they're going to New Hampshire. And they're driving back yeah. on the same day. I'm like, damn, man, that's that just sounds brutal, you know. Um, but yeah, like, listen, this is this is, a, and and I tell people all the time, as messed up as it sounds, you know. I was talking to Dave McIsaac about that when they were in the AHL, and he was with, um, I guess he was primarily with Philadelphia, um, you know, or the Phantoms. Yeah. He really said they didn't really spend too many overnights. He's like, there's a couple places we did mm. once in a while overnight. I, I think, like, if the, the weather was bad, you know, they would, like, if it was, looked like they were going to drive into a blizzard, that was one thing. But, like, I, I, you know, that was the way this league was set up. This league was set up to be, like, a northeast regional league between upstate New York, New York City, I mean, they, they, they always tried to get it going in New England. They could never really, they could never really, you know, Cape Cod didn't really work. And Berkshire was like a Delaware situation, kind of. So it, 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 it and I, you know, so, so the travel, the way they have it now is the way they wanted it. You know, they, they don't want to do these overnights for, I mean, I can only imagine what the hotel room bill is. I don't even know. Yeah. I'll be honest, I mean, I said we made all those trips, me and you, we have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I couldn't even tell you how much it cost us to stay in Carolina. We felt I felt like we were there for a week.
0: It did feel like a long time. We
2: we were literally there for like a week because we left on what day? Wednesday.
0: Yeah, and it was and like we a ten-hour drive. We didn't. And
2: we didn't play until Friday, right? So we oh, yes, man. right? Yeah, we, we yeah, left so. on Wednesday. We didn't play until Friday, and we didn't go home until Saturday night, right at.
0: Yeah, after the game. At like one, a, in the morning, sh- one in the morning.
2: How many trips to. Like, this is what this young man has to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. How many trips <laughs> to. Uh, forget the barbecue places. What's. Uh, to Sheets.
0: Oh, the sheets. Yeah, man. The, oh, the sheets. stops
2: at Sheets, man. Those were just so essential. We're driving along in the middle of nowhere, but you know, like every half hour I was craving a mini pizza, Tabasco, Slim <laughs> Jam, and a Coke. Or actually a Pepsi.
0: That's some Sticks, too. Those oh, they have good oh, Mott sticks. Yeah. Money.
2: I mean that that was that was really but but I mean I think that, that anything that you do you know there's this uh, there's a great documentary that every hatricks fan should see it's called Les Chiefs I don't know if you know it no it's a fantastic documentary that came out it was about before they called it the LNAH they called it the Quebec Senior Pro Hockey League and you know it was about this championship season for the Laval Chiefs and there's this crazy character in the movie I Again, mean, it's a fantastic fantastic hockey movie I think you, if you go on YouTube, this is, this is a cheat code for everybody. There's a there's a, a long movie where the Hansen brothers are like the saved image of the video. It says a real life slapshot movie, that's Les Chiefs. It's oh, not wow. Slapshot. It's if you, you could probably pull it up right now. Mm. It's not Slapshot it, le, least let I had a link to it like around COVID. But I can tell you this. And you know, the guy says, Any day playing hockey on a hockey team. You know, that's the thing about it. It's like I, I think that that's one of the things that um not only for the player, that's it right there. Yeah, yeah, top one <laughs> uh, <an> hour. Uh <laughs> yeah, so look it up after. Yeah, it's yeah, it, yeah. it's a great it's a great watch for you guys. And um you could probably get it on Amazon for crispy copy. But but what I was gonna say to you is he says something about, you know, you know, playing hockey on a hockey team is easy you know being in a war zone is tough and i and i honestly think that a lot of the times the players um really do appreciate it really do appreciate being on a hockey team and that that is something that the fans here in Danbury i really do believe have have kind of caught on to and embraced like i think that you know you have the 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 people with the booster club Lisa and Roger Stalker and obviously our good friend Ed Lockwood and and Patricia and Jim Hutchison and, 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 you know, Bonnie and, and Mike Dowler. And I mean the list, you know, uh, Charlene, all, all the people who who contribute to the to the players success here. I think that, I think that the fact that the players are so grateful, I think that they recognize that, you know, I, I think that that's the, you know, so, some, some guys are a little better at showing it than others, but I, I think that that's one of the things, and that's why, you know, like even when you play in a, on a on a crappy beer league team where everybody has a mismatched jersey and the refs are just blind and and stuff like that, I, I I think that even that for those guys it's one of the best parts of their lives. You know, and I'm sure you experience that as a pro player. You know, mm-hmm. just yeah. the the camaraderie of. Of, of being on a team is like, And you know Pat's getting on his skates A little too He's been <laughs> He's been getting out there With the Danbury E-League well, He's that? gonna get on In the yeah, next game yeah. The next
0: game That they'll have I'll probably be there so. I think yeah. we
2: need a video Of this I think we need Brody True To come down And video oh That would be Unbelievable to Like To like video Patty <laughs> On the ice
0: yeah, it'd be like 4K of me falling like 20 times. No. <laughs> I think Dowler
2: Garage would sponsor that video. I honestly believe he would if we call him up. Definitely the peach wave. Maybe yeah. they'll split it. It'll be, a com- it'll be a collaboration. A collaboration, yeah. But
0: Either way, I mean, fantastic episode, Connor. Awesome. Thanks, thanks so thanks much for coming, for
2: coming, coming man. Thank really appreciate it. Nice to awesome. have a real Canadian on oh, the show. Hey? You know? <laughs> hey?
1: And best of luck to you this weekend. I really appreciate it. Thanks, boys.